0: Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noto Francesco, and I am joined, as always, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max from the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, grandpa, how are you doing today?
1: This is awesome. This is. I was just figuring today. This is probably the last day of spring uh, yeah. because this the next four days are supposed to be like in the nineties. I was like, oh, we go from cool. Weather to, you know, it's back in the Sahara Desert. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's
0: one step closer to getting us to August 27th. Yes. Yeah. Against Northwestern in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, it's it, w- this summer is going to hopefully, the summer goes by fast. Not like that it's going to be boring or anything. I don't like that, but I just want to get to football because uh, the, I feel like for some reason, this is like last year, maybe it was because. The COVID was weird, and they played – I mean, they did play in the fall. They played less games, but, like, it felt like there was a shorter break in between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the next regular season, so last year's season. But um, now it's it's felt like three years since we've had college football, and it's not even the end of uh, May yet. So (laughs) – I (laughs) I know. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, I was done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's, you see, you're learning that at a, at a young age.
1: You're 16. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, that that time between uh, you know you know the NCAA basketball tournament's over. You know, I mean there is yeah. baseball. Husker fans don't have much to get excited about this year. That's with, true, yeah, and it's too bad, but yeah, but, you know, it's just get here August 27th. Let's go. Let's let's. Uh-huh. I want to see what. This group of coaches and players uh, can do. S- somebody, I was listening to one of the sports uh, yak programs in Omaha this past week, and they were talking. Mm-hmm. They thought that um, over a third of the Huskers starters this fall would be uh, uh, transfer portal players.
0: Yeah, I mean, that... That's just crazy. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. When you think, I, I think we're at what fourteen now with Devin Drew, which we'll talk about. Talk about yeah, just about. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that I like as we said, the quickest way to turn around a team is transfer portal. But you can't rely on a team. You can't rely on the transfer portal every single year. We're not going to get a Casey Thompson every single year from the transfer portal. We're not going to get an Anthony Grant every single year. We're not going to get those guys um, because there's only so much talent that's willing to leave. You're not right. going to get like the best players. These guys want to leave because I mean, Texas is a wreck. Anthony, Anthony Grant came from a Juco. So I get that. We got lucky with, and we haven't even seen him play in the game yet. So I could be completely wrong. I'm just really right. high on him right now uh, based right. on spring game and what I've seen from him at New Mexico military Institute uh, highlight wise, but the, the the linemen, you can't rely on that every single year. You can't rely on this experience coming in. Devin Drew played in the Big 12 for two years, has two more years of eligibility left. Oshawn Mathis played in the Big 12 for two or three years and is coming to Nebraska with two or three years with two with one to two years of eligibility left. You're not going to get that experience. Um, which I think the I mean Scott Frost is on the hot seat. I think we ever every Nebraska friend yeah. can agree with that. Yep. If this they put, I mean, they put like a they put they gave him like a warning basically with the salary cut and making him viral the coaches and stuff like that. Um, but the, he has to do something this year and he has to do it again next year, because I think that even if he, even if Nebraska goes, I, I think the, maybe if Nebraska makes a new year's six bowl, maybe it's a different situation. If Nebraska has a winning season, makes a mid table bowl game, Kind of like a, a, like not a bad bowl game, like not the ones played before Christmas break, but maybe ones playing December 28th, 29th, 30th. The holiday bowl, that kind of thing. Yeah, one of those. Yes. Um, I, I think then next year he still will be on the hot seat because yeah. of those transfer portal guys coming in. And it's not him recruiting talent because that's the, I mean, that's the problem I'm seeing that he's good at getting transfer portals to come chance for portal players to come to Nebraska, but for some reason he can't get the good high school kids to come. I don't know what you're losing. Like we talked about a few years ago, we're talking about, or not years, sorry, uh, episodes ago, um, we're talking about Zane Flores from Gretna and he can't, he doesn't even offer him. So if you're not going to try, I, you should, you should still be on the hot seat and still be fired because the transfer portal is, it. it it's picking up more steam, but NFL free like it's it's basically turning into NFL free agency is basically what it's yeah. turning into, except yeah. it's not like salary contract negotiations unless you want to add NIL into that. But I really don't think that a lot of players are making decisions based off NIL deals. Like um, uh what's his face? The uh Pittsburgh wide receiver that just transferred to Alabama, um Addison, I believe. Uh, I, for, I forget his first name, but um, there was a bunch of people getting mad that he, that he was just transferring because he got, could get a better NIL deal there. But it's Alabama. He's transferring, he's transferring to Alabama. The NIL deal is nice. It's not it, – Nebraska can give those NIL deals, but at some point, your free agency pool is going to be bad, and you cannot rely on it the entire time. I don't know any successful NFL teams that have strictly relied on free agency to build the core of their team, And maybe it's different than the NFL. Maybe I could be oh, free wrong. Free agency
1: is not this. I mean, it's it's in, in mobility, it's it's the same. I mean, very similar. But um, you know, you can you know the the trade free agency is is like. Um, you know, what couple of Husker players uh, signed Jojo Dolman for one signed a free agency. That, that means your chances of making the team are pretty, I mean, you can still do it. And they do that all the time. Players do. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's like, I mean, like agency.
0: mid season free agency though. Like you pay yeah. up like, like a, I'm not getting, this is a bad example, but AJ Brown got traded to the Eagles, but say, for example, he just got cut and then. Or, or his, his contract is up, I guess, is what I should be saying, is what this yeah. is kind of turning into.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is it's a wild, wild west. And we haven't seen the end of this. This I think we're just no. scratching the surface. It's, yes, now there's yes. talk about uh, a super conference and they would just completely uh, uh, separate themselves from the NCAA. They'd have their own uh, and yeah, you know, laws, everything. Uh, so it's just... I guess when when you and I put this thing together, this podcast, we started in January I was thinking, well, there can't be that much news going on in January' yeah, we're kidding here <laughs> we are. The transfer portal is is it's like, well, what's gonna happen this next week? yeah uh, you don't I mean, you think it's it's gonna it's gonna run its course here pretty quickly but but yeah. uh, you know, next month is June, and they yeah. start summer camp toward the end of July because they play the game, uh, the August, the zero week game. So it's crazy. Uh, and and then we're looking at uh, Husker fans. They're looking at the likes of, you know, Sean Mathis and Devin drew, you know, how good are these guys? Gee, they played in the big 12 the big 10 is different. Uh, You know, I don't know that there there could be some validity to that. It could be, Hey, these guys are special. Um, and, you know, just, you, we don't know. That's just, that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you want to talk about um, the little fine that, uh that Nebraska got? Yeah.
0: So. Let's do you want to talk about Devin drew real quick? I know we've mentioned his name a few times in the first Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, episode, sure. episode, but yeah. So Nebraska just got another off defensive line commitment uh from Devin drew, who used to play at Texas tech. Now, as I said, he has two years of eligibility left six to 280 pounds. Um, he, Watching videos of him, he can push offensive linemen around, but the videos I saw of him, it was against Texas and Houston. So not known for super good offensive linemen. Also playing in the big 12, big 12 offensive linemen aren't known to be super great unless you look outside of maybe Iowa State and Oklahoma. I don't, the big 12 is not a big offensive line conference. The big 10 is way more of an offensive line line conference. Like uh, Tyler Lindebaum, the center for... Uh, Iowa got picked in the top 25, I believe of the previous NFL draft from a few weeks ago, uh, in the first round. And I didn't see any big 12 linemen go, uh, in the, in the, um, first round. So that could be something, but as you said, we don't know. Oshon Mathis could have the same thing happen, but we don't know. Uh, Devin drew is more of a bull rusher, um, than speed, yeah. Yeah. uh, watching him in high school was kind of, I was watching some of his high school stuff and that was fun because he was basically just like a grown man throwing around these sophomore offensive linemen. Um, So the, it's not going to be like that in the big 10, obviously. Uh, But I think that his biggest test of if he's going to hold up in the big 10 is not going to be against Oklahoma because he's played Oklahoma before in the big 12. So It's going to be, I think, probably against Michigan, maybe just based on their defensive line front seven, or sorry, sorry, um, maybe Michigan offensive line um, and it probably Ohio State. um, But if not, either of those two, if those two games go our way, hopefully they will. Michigan's down, but we can talk about that later. Then it will definitely be Iowa at the end of the year, which... I guess he'll have to be tested before then, which I why, why I'm saying Michigan and Ohio State. But the real test, if he can be successful in the Big Ten, is going to be against Iowa because Iowa's offensive line is probably, I mean, if you had to pick a school where you could draft an offensive lineman in the first round and they would hold up in the NFL for many years, it would probably be Iowa. So I mean I don't I, I don't know what you think of you Devin Drew Grandpa, but uh, I think that he has a lot of upside. But as you yeah. as you and me have been saying about a lot of these transfer portal players uh, and recruits in general, that we don't know yet, we have to see him play.
1: Well, and we lost Casey Rogers. Casey Rogers didn't really play that much, but he transferred to Oregon, where Tony Tuioti, his uh, position coach, left Nebraska and and went to Oregon. So you needed to have somebody to fill in some bodies in, in that. You know, because you're going to have a rotation of, I don't know how many uh, uh, that uh, they're going to get. Uh, they like to rotate, but certainly that's what Devin Drew brings. There's another body you can throw, uh, you know, late in the game and uh, and uh, he can play well. He Obviously, had, he started uh, 12 games uh, over the past two years. Not, you know, I mean, he played in 20 games, so he started 12, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he had what he had 55 total tackles and, uh, 35 solo tackles. So, you know, he's, he's, uh, cut his teeth. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big 12 as, as, as you said, it's just like, okay, we got to see how it, how it goes from here.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I think it'll be fine, but there's not too much that else we can really say about him. So, um, and then we'll move on to what grandpa said, uh, a few minutes ago about the NCAA sanctions, uh, that Nebraska got put under for, uh, a a rather minor violation, honestly. So the violation was, um, that, so Jonathan Rutledge was a special teams or he's a former special teams analyst. Uh, he coached for Nebraska. He coached Nebraska players in 2020 during practices and film sessions. Um, and then also kind of did, like did a little bit of like not play calling, but like talk to him during the game and stuff like that. And that violates NCAA rules for um, staff, like non-coaching staff members. You can't have a analyst also be a coach. Uh, I I think that is what it's, what the rule is, but I could be wrong. Um, You're limited to 10 assistants. So um, you can't have anyone named anyone with the title of analyst on the field, uh, In game, uh, like offering instruction, you can't have them do that. So uh, Scott Frost got a five day suspension. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, From coaching. So, and there's, I mean, is it, does it have to be during the season?
1: Yes. It's from, I I don't know what the word, the verbiage is, but this is not, this is a slap on the hand. It's, it's, it's nothing. And they can, They'll get by very, very easily without Scott Frost being it. By week can count. Um, I'm not sure what the parameters are of that, but uh, it's it's not. Here's the question I have, though, Will. It comes down to, if this thing is so minor, I smell a rat. Somebody in that organization who either got fired or left under duress or whatever, because how else would you know if this yeah. thing is so um, minor of an of an offense, you'd have to go out of your way to say you'd have to somebody has to make a phone call to somebody to say, "Hey, I just saw this going on here." Yeah, uh, because normally, I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a limousine, you know, a kid driving in in the limo, and it, it, it wasn't some egregious uh, infraction. This is this is pretty yeah. minor. But if it, it is so minor, who the heck? Reddit. it. Somebody inside there did that. And I, I don't know if we will ever find out, but it would be interesting yeah. to know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't think of that. And I, the, the, whoever, I mean, whoever did that is not like, like I don't get the point of it unless you're trying to get back at them for something. It's a five day go. suspension. There you go. So it, my guess is that it had to have been someone that was fired, that was mad at the program. It wouldn't be one of the coaches that is there now. Is my guess. I could be completely wrong. I don't. I hope it's not because that would be a big. Oh, even be, though it's uh, a minor violation to report, that would be a big infraction of the like trust and support that like Scott Frost has put in these guys. That they come there and after like four months, they're like, "Hey, just so you know, this happened in 2020, and we heard about it." So
1: don't you figure uh, that the stat Frost knows who that person is? Because wouldn't you if you got accused of something, you say, "Well, who?" Who's not filing charges, but who's 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 your witness? Who's who's coming forth and saying that? Now maybe the NCAA under its rules doesn't have to share that, but they sure as heck should. You should know your accuser. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, maybe they did. it, Scott Frost, and he's and we just don't know the public. Maybe they told him. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I think that they do know. They know who that is, and uh, and you think, well, okay, Jonathan Rutledge got fired. Maybe it was Jonathan. Well. Why would he rat on himself? Yeah, why would he rat on himself? That, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. any sense. But yeah, yeah. Some,
0: well, some, I I well I don't know. I know. Well, I I guess nothing really happened to him because of it. So the if he reported himself of doing that after getting fired, that like he, but I don't know what he'd be angry about. He got a chance to like coach. Got unless I don't know. Unless you're like. In severe guilt about it, and you have to tell someone. And you have to tell the. And, and here's
1: here's the other kicker. It isn't like we just came. Nebraska just came from a national championship or three in a row. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And we're <laughs> we're the worst on. in special teams. We're among the worst in the whole country. Out of 130 teams, we're like 126 or whatever it is. It's terrible. It's, yeah. it's, that's another thing. That's like I could see it, Mo. Boy, we had a real advantage in special teams. Anybody who watched this program in the last year saw our special team we lost games because of special teams so if there was no uh you know violation that gave Nebraska an edge it's uh it's it's really is head scratching at that point
0: yeah yeah I mean it's someone someone said something I just I don't think that um it's a it's not a super big deal but I don't get why you would do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's move on to uh, talking about the running back room. I think we should, we had a few other things we wanted to talk about um, that were kind of minor, but I think we can move those to next week because it's not time sensitive stuff. And um, we don't want to keep this episode running too long. So we'll move on to the running back room. Um, We'll start with uh, grandpa. You sent me this sheet here and you added up all the yards from last year of how many yards lost Nebraska, like Nebraska lost in transfers away or guys aren't playing anymore. So Adrian Martinez was our leading rusher from last season, which was a problem um, because you don't want your quarterback to be your leading runner. And he, he ran for 525 yards all of last season altogether. We lost 707 yards uh, of last season's rushing total and then returning we have 595 yards of which is Yant, um, Gabe Irvin Jr., and Marquis Step. Uh, those guys rushed for 120, or sorry, 294, 124, and 177, respectively, uh, last year. So, and then I also added in Casey's, Casey Thompson's yardage too from his rushing from last year. I don't know if he'll run that much in the Big Ten. I hope, I, I think he needs to for Nebraska to be, um, to be like, to do well uh, in the big time, I think he's going to need to run. He he does. He I hope he runs less than Adrian though. Is what I was what I. Was oh thinking. yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, but so I with with KC's yards in there, it brings the total to 752 yards returning. So, um, but I mean, Nebraska's rushing game last year was not good. It's not a knock on these running backs. It's just that they couldn't. Really do that much, um, and I think part of that is our offensive line, which we've tried to fix. But uh, I don't, I don't really know where to start on this, Grandpa. So if you want to go well, ahead,
1: first of all, I, and you did a good job. Uh, the, the, what, what, who has left the program? Sevian Morrison, who um, was from from Oklahoma, Marvin Scott down in Florida. Uh, those guys had, I mean, Sevian Morrison had 116 total yards last year. 100. We had running backs. Doing that in the, in a half, and and then Marvin Scott, he was a a champion a weightlifter in his classification. He ran for a total of sixty six yards last year. I mean, yeah. and then then Adrian, as you mentioned, was the was the leading rusher. So you get rid of those guys. Okay, I understand that they're not getting a chance to play now. Why aren't they? I don't know. I don't know the the inner workings of that so then you bring in then you then you go back to the the ones who played last year you got jaquez um and Uh he looked good in the spring um yeah Uh uh-huh you know and then gabe Irvin got got injured um but again uh yant had a Total of two hundred and ninety-four yards. I think most of those came in the Northwestern game. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, and then Gabe had—he uh, was injured. Uh, he had one hundred and twenty-four yards. So that's just those—the running, the rushing totals are abysmal for Nebraska. It's, yeah. It's, I, I that is just terrible. And so, yeah. and Ramir Johnson, um, uh, he'll—you know—he was injured. So yeah. You get, yeah it's it's hard to run kind of hard to run the ball if you're if you're injured
0: yeah yeah (laughs) uh, Yeah.
1: but who do you think uh, you know the uh, the 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 bell cow of the group is there going to be one that's going to be emerging or do you think it's going to be a running back by committee kind of deal
0: i think that it's going to probably be running back by committee and i think after the spring game, I talked about this a little bit, but I think if I'm coaching Nebraska, what I would do is use uh, Yant as a power back and then use a combination of Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, Marquis Stepp, and Anthony Grant. I would lean more towards putting Anthony Grant in more minutes and games. Um, I would say Anthony Grant probably starts more games than um, any of those other guys, and then use Yant like you kind of a, a Monte cross Amir Abdullah situation where I know Yant like slimmed down over the, uh, over the spring and winter. Right. He was, he was trying to get like faster and, and more agile, but I think that he was better as a power back. We don't have a power back right now. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think that there's anyone that's like, or, or, yeah, with it, it's, uh, a power back per se. There's so, like Yant can be someone who can, run between the tackles. I would like to see that more often than him running outside. And I think that Anthony Grant, I'm really high on him and it could just be the spring game and what I saw from him at New Mexico military Institute. But I think Mm -hmm. that Anthony Grant, if he give, if he's given a chance, the Juco transfers from what I've seen want to work harder, want it more than some of these other guys. And that matters when you're running a ball, when guys are getting arms around you, when you have to run through tackles, it gets that stuff. Like you see, like Cam Newton went to, he sat behind Tim Tebow for a year, went to a junior college, went to Auburn and won a national championship. That mentality setting, uh, Anthony Grant, I think, is definitely going to have that. So I think running back by committee, you use Yant as a power back and primarily use Anthony Grant as a speed back, um, who's agile and can make cuts. And also he can also run in between the tackles. I saw that at New Mexico military Institute. Um, given, I think the, the bell cow, as you said, is going to be the, of, of the group is going to, it's going to depend a lot on the offensive line because Yant will probably pick up a lot of the yards. If uh, the offensive line is doing well. If it's not, it's going to probably be Grant or Step or someone like that that can get to the outside and has the speed to make big plays. Because if you're not able to run between the tackles and the Big Ten, you have to start relying on quarterback rushing, which I don't want because Adrian Martinez had 12 more touchdown rushing touchdowns than Yant did last year. Yant wasn't injured or anything. Right, Martinez just carried the ball that much more.
1: Right
0: in the red right. zone, which I right. that is unacceptable to me. You you're putting your quarterback at risk. People are like, "Oh, why is Adrian always getting injured?" It's because he's running the ball in between the tackles at the two yard line. I it's right. not, it's not like it doesn't make any logical sense to me that you wouldn't just put in Yant when he was more bulked up, where he would be able to hit the line and get through it. It's two yards, like. Running backs, you want that quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks do everyone has that drive in college football, but running backs train for that. Adrian's not training for that exclusively, he might be running some during practice, but he's focusing more on his passing because his passing was the problem last year. But, um, I don't, I, if you had to pick, do you agree with me? Do you think that that would is going to look like what's going to look like, Grandpa? Or do you think that it's going to be a one-back system and then filtering these other guys when the uh, whoever's the leader is getting tired?
1: I think after the Oklahoma game, you're, you're going to see probably one or two kids emerge. That is, barring injuries and whatever. Yeah, you like the size of Yant, and I know you keep alluding him. He's six-two-two. It says 245, but I think he's down, slim down to 230, something like that. Yeah. So he's a he's strong. But you're looking at Big Ten size runners. Now there are exceptions to that. Gabe Urban is 6'0, 215. Uh, Step is, you know, he came from Southern Cal. He was, you know, 6'1, 230. So you're Mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, that is that's uh, Big Ten size. Um, Ramir Johnson, not so much. I, I don't know if he's been able to put on some weight. They have two. They were going to have another transfer portal running back in DeAndre Jackson. He's six oh two twenty, but he couldn't qualify academically, so now he has to go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have AJ Allen coming in from uh, Louisiana. He's a freshman, high school recruit, and Emmett Johnson, six oh one eighty five those two players have to put on more weight they have yeah. to put on big 10 weight but um yeah i i, I see that after the f- the first four games um you know brian applewhite is gonna know who is bell cow or maybe he has two bell cows right now it's uh and then step got injured in the spring game i no one I haven't seen anything about that. Of course, Frost hides everything he can about injuries, and I understand. Yeah. Um, but so I think there's some potential there. But, again, when you <laughs> you have so few yards, uh, you know, with, with Yant having 294 yards last year, the good thing is 6.26-yard uh, average per carry, uh, That's that's pretty good. Take the Northwestern game out of that. <laughs> I don't know what those figures are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. There, is there some potential there? Yes. Um, who it's going to be? Man, I I, I don't I don't have a feel for that yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up being the number one, the, the RB1 for Nebraska. But I think that, if they use the two-back system, I think that'll be most effective. Again, I don't know those guys. I'm not in their practice rooms. I'm not watching them practice. So I I could totally be wrong about my assumptions about what I've seen. But what I've seen on the field is that Yant is a power back and everyone else is a speed slash um, big playback. So it it's interesting to me that... that I, I don't know. It could be... It could go either way. I could see it being a one-back system or uh, a bunch of backs sharing carries, which I think the second option with a bunch of backs sharing carries takes a lot of the running responsibility out of Casey Thompson's hands, uh, which is better than having him run a lot, obviously, because we don't want another Adrian Martinez running the ball all the time. And, And Casey's not as good of a runner as... Adrian was so I don't right. think that he's going to be as big of a threat, so they won't give him the ball that much to run. But he can run if we need. So that's, that's would probably
1: close, Logan would probably be the best runner out of all of, Except I think uh, Chuba, you know, we we saw a glimpse of it in the spring game. That guy can. I he's going to be in the thick of things. We I know we've already talked about the quarterback room, but uh, uh, but the the key to this thing and a key to whoever starts at quarterback or running back or, or uh, who are the receivers is going to be that offensive line. If we don't have an effective, strong, dependable, deep offensive line, Ooh, you know, it's, it's not going to be good. Uh, That's the, that's the place where we are Uh, offensive lines, win and lose games.
0: That's. Yep. Especially in the big 10, especially in the big 10. Yep. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else about this running back room other than we'll see because that's the. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing we can say. Um, coming off of last season, I think that it's going to be better than last season because we get those guys back from injury that you were talking about. Yeah, but I don't know how much better. So we'll just have to see. Come August twenty
1: seventh, we're going to uh, in probably down the stretch here, a couple of weeks, we'll be doing the offensive line, um, and we'll we'll look at. Who the players are, who we think is going to be in the mix. Um, and uh that's gonna be kind of interesting. And then we'll get to receivers and we still have the D line to do in the and the secondary and uh and special teams. So uh we got a lot well, we got time to to go for this this summer, but uh yeah I I I sent you something about uh the I don't know if you're done with the running backs. Uh if you had anything more. Yeah, no, I had nothing else to say. Go ahead. Yeah. I just found this Nebraska baseball. We're switching gears here a little bit. Uh, got a 2026 commitment from an eighth grader. His name is Bryce Fountain or Fontaine. I don't know how he pronounces it. And you say, well, a little eighth grader, how can that be? Well, the guy, the kid is 6'3", 195 pounds. Yeah, he has, that he is crazy. A, he has an 84 mile an hour fastball. Jeez. Uh, from Norse high school, I, I would imagine Firth or somewhere around there, one of those smaller towns. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't, I would not want to be his parents and feeding that kid. No, that
0: would be, He's yeah, afraid. you got to go to Costco every single day. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> That's Lord. crazy. I mean, and there, so there's a pitcher for Tennessee right now who's, uh, they call him the volunteer fireman or something like that. He, his like average fastball speed is like one hundred one or something like that, which is insane. Uh, there's been a few videos of him on the ESPN app that I've seen. Uh, I think his top uh, fastball speed was one hundred five, which is just crazy. So, I mean, this is kind of the equivalent in eighth grade throwing eighty four mile an hour fastballs. Yeah, yeah. To when you're twenty one throwing. 105 i mean it's the same like kind of comparable thing so i just thought that was kind of crazy but yeah that i mean we we can't really say anything we just you put that on there mainly just to talk about it a little bit because that's just crazy yeah it um, is but we it don't is. have that's people decommit all the time so who knows but if that kid comes to Nebraska, it's going to be crazy we'll definitely be watching him but um and then one other thing you sent me probably that we should talk about before we wrap up uh real quick is fanduel has Nebraska right now um in the 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 odds uh for next season for the division winners of the Big 10 West they have Nebraska at plus 250 and Wisconsin at plus 185. Um so I don't really know I don't bet because one it's illegal for me to bet and two I don't really <laughs> care that much to bet. Um but maybe I don't know it could be fun during the season to like not actually bet money on them but if we get a twitter account figured out or something we could have people submit like bets for games and stuff like that so that could be fun but we'll we can talk about that later the season doesn't start for another few months so um but yeah i thought that nebraska's odds are going up of winning the big 10 west they're still behind wisconsin but the big 10 west is always crazy so i don't know uh nebraska i mean but it all depends on if Nebraska's talent works out. So yeah. I did you have anything you wanted to say about that? No, we just had to wish
1: all the mothers their happy mothers day. Oh uh, right, yes. That is uh we would be uh uh remiss if we didn't wish that your uh, mom
0: be here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. our mothers we owe a lot to and I uh, hope everyone yeah. If, if your mother's still with you and you can spend time with her great. If not, just think about the memories of, of the one you had. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah, for
0: sure. That's going to be great. Well, I don't have anything more to, uh, to add to that. I don't have anything more either. Um, do you, is Bill Williams coming on next, next week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about, just give a little bit of a teaser about who he is? So if they want to send in, or sorry, not they, but the listeners, if you guys want to send in questions, uh, to wrswpodcast at gmail.com, we'd love to have a question, uh, from you guys for him. Uh, if, if, if you guys want to send that in, but do you want to give a little bit of a teaser of kind of who he is for people that don't know?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Williams, he and I have been friends for probably, I don't know, seems like 10 years, something like that. He and his wife, Yvonne, are big supporters of the military. And uh, he has a uh, uh, foundation, um, a nonprofit, uh, Remembering Our Fallen. um, And they're putting on, they have a huge uh, uh, parade, series of events, actually, over the Memorial Day weekend. I think things start on Friday Friday. And it's, um, and Bill is such a great guy. He's, uh, I'm really looking forward to having him on our show. Um, This is going to be military. And as I said, it's coming up to Memorial Day weekend. And that's when we honor those people who have fought and died for the very fabric of our country and uh, Mm -hmm. can't
0: wait to visit with him. Yeah. So yeah, if, you guys want to send in questions for him again, send those into wrswpodcast at gmail.com. And then also, as I've been saying, grandpa got a camera. We're not using it right now because we have to figure out USB stuff, but we're getting closer to being able to go live on YouTube and stuff like that. So you guys can join us. Uh, We have to figure out times and stuff like that, but we will let you know when we figure that out. Uh, Probably for interviews and stuff, we'll like pre-record it and then we'll just post a video on our YouTube channel. But uh, well, our non-existent YouTube channel for right now, but, um, and then I'm trying to figure out how to get us a Twitter account. Now that Elon Musk has bought Twitter and we're allowed to say whatever we want. Not that we're uh, going to get blocked for tweeting Nebraska stuff because <laughs> they won't care that we're tweeting about uh, a three and nine team. So, um, but yeah, so we're trying to get that figured out. Uh, and as we say, this podcast is your guys is not ours. So if you're not listening or downloading, we're not going to have a podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening every single week. And again, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell people randomly on the street. Uh, just go just, you should just walk around and then have a big like boom box from like the eighties, just playing the <laughs> podcast. And then people will ask you, what about, what's that podcast? And you will be like, Oh, what this? And then explain to them that this podcast is basically all you need for Nebraska sports coverage. There so, you go. Um, yeah. But thank you guys again for listening and we will talk to you next week, but most importantly, Go Big Red. Big Red!